This is the Bill Kelly Show podcast. We're on the road. Actually, just around the corner from our uh, radio center, of course, of Maine and Longwood. We're at the Innovation Factory at uh, the Innovation Park at uh, the Longwood Road. Of course, the old Kemco factory from years ago for the 7th Annual Lions Lair Broadcast. And uh, this, of course, is the morning after uh, the Lions Lair uh, Banquet and Gala was held up at Carmen's Banquet Center. And uh, the after party at the Sea Hotel, which is why everybody looked kind of bleary-eyed here this morning, I suppose. But uh, we're going to talk to the winners of the competition, uh, the three big winners, and uh, some of the other prizes that were awarded as well. You're going to meet some of the folks involved in that uh, gala from last night, too, including uh, Dr. Nick Bonas, of course, who is the MC. Nick always gets the uh, the third hour of the program. You know, he gets to sleep in the day after. I guess, well, he must write the program, I guess. That's why. But uh, anyway, we're going to talk with some of the other folks that have been involved, not just in the competition, but in preparing some of the, the people for the competition, too, because that's a big part of this. This is all about entrepreneurship and about encouraging entrepreneurship, and you're going to meet some of the folks that uh, are behind the scenes that have made that happen. Uh, through the course of the program today. And by the way, we'll also talk with some of the past winners and uh, bring us up to speed as to how they're doing these days after they uh, competed in uh, past Lions Lair competitions. Uh, let's talk about training and, and how we prepare the, the Lions uh, Lair competitions and the competitors uh, and how we get down to the final ten. Uh, because there's a lot of uh, coaching, there's a lot of mentorship, there's a lot of support that goes into this whole competition every year. And uh, we've got a great panel right now that are going to talk a little bit about that and uh, give us some insight as to how this whole thing rolls out over the years. Joe Duda is with Mohawk College with the agency. Joe, good to see you again. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, Cassandra D'Ambrosio with Jan Kelly. Hi, how are you doing this morning? Good, Bill. How are you? And uh, fabulous. Uh, I didn't stay up late last night. But <laughs> And Keenan Loomis from the Hamilton Chamber of Commerce, uh, who is kind of my co-host. This is, I think, the third time you've been on the radio station that th in the last three days. Third it? day in a row. Yeah, yeah this, this is, is a record it. even for me. Is, you're going to get a parking spot over there pretty soon <laughs> if this keeps up. Anyway, thanks all for being here today. Uh, let me, Keenan, before I get to you, I want to talk with uh, Joe and Cassandra a little bit about uh, their uh, companies and their agencies. And uh, Joe, at Mohawk College, uh, doesn't really begin to explain what you do up there. Uh, you're affiliated with a, a great program up there called the Agency. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, the Agency is basically uh, what we're starting our sixth year right now, and it's um, the Experiential Learning Center at Mohawk College. Uh, predominantly what we do is uh, engage a lot of students in real-world kind of um, situations. So it's a hybrid situation where they've, they've got one foot in the academic side of things, but they actually get to practice and apply what they've learned uh, working with community partners like not-for-profits as well as startups, mostly out of Innovation Factory in the Forge. What's interesting about this is uh, way back in the day when I was at Mohawk, you used to have the academic aspect. Then there would be what they call a co-op term where you go out and get that experience. Right. You've kind of combined the two of them, haven't you? Yeah, but to a the, certain extent. the difference between what we do with experiential learning and a co-op is basically all the projects that we engage in, they're integrated into the curriculum. So students work under faculty supervision. They're marked on everything they do. But as I say, they've got kind of one foot in the college, the other foot in the real world, where they're staring across a table at, let's say, a startup. Um, and they've got to deliver real-world solutions to that startup. Um, so there's a bit of pressure. So you're, 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 deal, you're not dealing in the hypothetical here? No, not at all. This is real. And the, the wonderful thing about that is that it's um, uh, equal opportunity. For the startup, they get something that they really need. Typically, it's under the umbrella of marketing and communications. So most startups, they've got a product or service that they're keenly invested in, but marketing and communications is in a strong suit, so students can supply that to them. 
Um, on the other side of it, the students gain real-world experience so that when they're out there looking for a job, they can say, I've got the academic side of things, but I've actually dealt with a real client and they've developed some of the soft skills that you need in today's work environment. It's fabulous, and we'll talk more a little bit about how that works and how it has worked in the past. Uh, Cassandra, you are with Jan Kelly, one of the great agencies around in this area, uh, with an incredible reputation, of course, and, and well-earned reputation over many, many years of, of cutting-edge marketing strategies. Uh, how do you how do you take the, the Lion's Lair contestants and, and, and mold them and help them and coach them along? I mean, you've got some great folks in your agency to be able to do that as mentors. Absolutely, and one of the um, core things that we value at Jan Kelly is education. So our CEO, Jim uh, Letwin, he actually teaches in the DeGroot School of Business, and we do a lot of um, internal learning. So we host like Jan Kelly uh, universities and lunch and learns, as well as uh, to the external communities and breakfast series. So I think for us, we were in a good position to then uh, share our learning with these Lions Lair finalists, and we took them through um, branding and how to make sure that your brand is is strong and your value proposition is good for this competition uh, and working with them through that and then following that they had a pitch workshop for the competition can you teach creativity or is that something that people just have and you and you try to bring it out of them uh, it, it's definitely learned I think you can teach it with some strategy but uh, it does take a great uh, person to be able to accept that and then and implement it into I mean, business. you can teach anybody to skate, but then Bob Yor comes along and says, well, okay, we can just move past that and get to something else. That's right. I guess it really depends on the individual, doesn't it? Yes. So much going on there. The, the Chamber, of course, has been one of the key sponsors uh, from day one on this, uh, Keenan, and and, uh, and a great uh, advocate for, for entrepreneurship and for startups and for new business right now. You've, you've got to be gratified with the way this has rolled out over the last seven years and, and some, seeing some results here. Yeah, the first year we put this together, I was on the other side. Yeah, I was with Innovation Factory yeah. at the time. We had no idea if anybody was going to show up. And uh, sure enough, uh, I think we had 500 people that first year. And... Every year since we've we've had we sold out Carmen's and uh, well in advance and Hamilton's usually a last minute town but this is the one exception to that and uh, we're very proud of it. it we've we've just gotten a whole lot of support and 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 last night I met a whole bunch of people coming up to me afterwards saying oh this was the the best one yet and 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 I realized they've been coming for you know five seven years and and so we've built a, an incredible following throughout the city. Well, this has been the best one yet. But I said that last year, too, <laughs> We, we always say that, and, and it's kind of a cliche, I, but it's actually true. It is. The, the, the quality of, of the contestants just seems to get better and better. And that's not a knock against past contestants, because they were better than the year before that, yeah. too. There's a progression here, which I guess was, was one of the obvious goals that you were looking for right now, but it yeah. seems to organically have happened anyway. Well, I think it's the whole point of it. I mean, we have really created... Uh, um, altered the culture in this community and uh, you know the innovators have stepped up the game and every year they're inspired by the you know the the contestants and and so y you see this year's contestants have looked at and 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 been inspired by past years uh, and they've stepped up their game it's it's really incredible to see just to go back to those original days though because uh, we're here at the innovation uh, factory offices with yeah. overlooking the atrium here at the innovation park you started this whole process, though, uh, when you were at the Innovation Factory with these get-together meetings. Uh, just come on, have coffee, and just shoot the breeze with some of the other people that might have an idea, too. Right. Uh, and, and that, 
I know when you talked to us about that way back when on the show, you were thinking, gee, I hope this works. Yeah. Uh, that was really the catalyst and the seed for for an awful lot of what's happening now. Well, the whole point was collisions, yeah. creating collisions. And, and what we needed to do was identify the innovators within the community. And, of course, there, there were many that were, you know, front and center. But we knew that there were a whole bunch of people in this community that had not yet been identified. And so we created a beacon. Uh, the the whole point of this uh, lion's lair process was to do that, was to shine a spotlight on the process. I mean, this is what Innovation Factory does day in, day out. And, you know, the great thing about lion's lair is we get to get to show the rest of the community uh, for, for one day exactly what uh, Innovation Factory is all about for the whole year. One of the key elements to this, though, and I, and I think a common thread, Joe, that we've heard from many of the people that have been in the competition over the last seven years is that uh, we didn't have the contacts. We didn't know who to talk to. Uh, what you guys are doing at the agency up at Mohawk College, you're, you're introducing those people to potential mentors almost on a daily basis, aren't you? Well, we're doing that, but I think, you know, uh, to Keenan's point, too, that there's a whole ecosystem that's been developed now that never existed before. And um, the agency plays just a part in all of that, but it also supplies startups with some sense of support that actually they can afford because all startups are running on a shoestring budget. Um, when we work with them, uh, all we do is ask them to make a contribution to the Mohawk College Scholarship and Bursary Fund of $500. And that gives them a full semester of work. So let's say it's some startup and they need some market research. Well, they get some really, really good research into the marketplace that helps them. That's, that's something that if you went uh, outside to somebody else to get done for you, there'd be thousands of dollars spent. This helps nurture startups and entrepreneurship. And entrepreneurship is huge these days. I mean, um, for students graduating, there aren't the jobs that there used to be. Um, students, the uh, character of the students seems to have changed in that they're entrepreneurial and thinking, you know what, I'm not so sure I want to work for somebody. I want to work for myself. I've got an idea. I want to see how far I could take it. And that whole scenario is something that we support at Mohawk College, obviously. We've got a lot of support for entrepreneurs there. We just want to keep it growing. We've heard stories like that in the past, though. Uh, <laughs> You know, people that, that have said, okay, I'm going to go and find my, my niche in, in, in corporate North America after I get my degree, and uh, I'm going to do this. And some of them, you know, do well and prosper, et cetera. Uh, but you hear some other stories about others that just, they, they get very frustrated with this and say, this is not for me. I want to go off in a different direction. That's becoming more and more prevalent now, isn't it, where people are simply saying, I, I think I've got a pretty good idea here if I can find the support. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of startups that um, we've encountered. Uh, we ask them, do you have a business plan? And some of them go, well, no, I don't. Um, do you have any idea where your market is? Uh, I've got a vague idea. Um, but they've got a good product or service. I mean, the, the germ of the idea is there. What we do is engage them in uh, programs. For instance, it could be market research or it could be a developing a brand identity. These are critical pieces that they need. That elevates them from, you know, scratching out a few ideas on a piece of paper to taking them up to the next level. They're starting to see their, their horizons are broadening now. And we could work with startups over a series of semesters, taking them through a whole scenario from market research to developing an ad strategy to developing a PR strategy. There's a whole package of things that these startups need that we could deliver. 
all at a cost that they could afford. So where they started off from, you know, as I say, vague ideas of, yeah, this is what I want to do. We can take them to the point where um, they have launched themselves with a credible product or service. Those stories are fascinating. A quick, quick aside here, guys. I was having dinner last night with the, or last week with a good friend of mine who uh, is a mentor now. He's retired, but after a very successful business, he's at Cal Poly down in Southern California. Right. And uh, he was telling me about a guy way back when uh, that was enrolled in the engineering course down there and uh, went for a class for about two weeks and, and dropped out. And he, he called him. He said, what, you're not coming to class? He said, I dropped. I, I, no, forget it. I don't, I, it's just not for me. It was Elon Musk. <laughs> whatever happened to him, I wondered, you know. Yeah. But just he wanted to go a different way, and he says, "No, I, I, I don't want to do that. I can do this too." Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if there's an Elon Musk up here, but hey, when you look at the success stories here, uh, you get some people that are on the road to it anyway. Yeah, that's right. It, well, the, yeah, what the whole point for Innovation Factory was, you know, at, at first we were going onto the campuses and going out into the community and trying to identify the innovators. Um, but the point was to create that beacon and that magnet so that they were coming to us, so that the Elon Musks would, you know, self-identify and, and avail themselves to the services that are provided here at Innovation Factory. And so we, we reached that tipping point a couple of years ago. And now we, we, we've gotten to the point where, you know, you see the, the quality of the entrepreneurs uh, that participated last night. Many of them are McMaster or Mohawk students. And, and, and they were uh, attracted to Innovation Factory because of the reputation that, uh, that this organization has created and because Lionslayer, again, has become such a big thing. And uh, they know that if they want to succeed, this is the, the type of process they need to go through to get there. Same guy, same conversation I was having uh, last Saturday, Cassandra, and he was saying, well, how do you, how do you get the corporations to buy into, the, into this, like Jan Kelly? It's mutually beneficial, isn't it, mm-hmm. for the I, company as well? Totally, and I think this year I noticed a bunch of new partners, and Jan Kelly in, uh, included. This is our first year involved in the Lion's Lair competition and, and the entire process, and it was super inspiring for us. Um, as you may know, we have a remote office out in Communitech where we have developed a lean lab to um, essentially take large projects at a smaller scale and really work through them with our clients and then also with um, the ecosystem that's in Communitech. So we've we've had some exposure with this entrepreneur startup community and for a large agency, it almost teaches you to think like a startup and to think like an entrepreneur and and small scale and and to make impact in in a small but then end up being large way. Um, so for us to be involved this year and to sit at that table last night was just so inspiring to see that in Hamilton and to be a part of that and to help to have helped train uh, the finalists for that. It's interesting you mentioned that because you're not the first company that said that, that, that they're actually learning from the entrepreneurs. This is, this is as I say, mutually beneficial. It's not just that uh, there's a potential workforce there for you, and that may happen as well. But, but you've had to change attitudes as business has changed in the last five or ten years as well. Totally. We, we say that in the last five years, marketing has changed as much as it has in the last 95. So we have, we ha- it's like the fast eat the slow. Uh, I think I said that right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we really do. We have to adapt and our clients have to as well. Like there, there's no more old ways of marketing uh, and, you know, this old plan and putting things in, in place for an entire year. And then at the end of it, you see how it how it turns out. We have to be rapidly adapting and rapidly changing um, our process. And that's exactly how entrepreneurs and startups work. If something doesn't work, they don't find out 12 months later. They find out maybe 12 hours later. 
Um, and that's the kind of the way that Jan Kelly is working. So it was great to see that we have alike, uh, alike minds with them. But with that generation, uh, Joe and Cassandra, I want both of you to weigh in on this. I've got about a minute left here. That's, that's right into the wheelhouse of the young entrepreneurs anyway, isn't it? They want instant success. They want instant satisfaction. They want instant feedback, too. I haven't encountered that that much. Um, I think they understand that there's a long road ahead of them. Um, but if there's, if you could call it impatience, it's, it's, it's natural impatience. It's, well, you know, I don't even have a brand identity. How am I going to go to the marketplace? And I need that today. I mean, I can't wait mm-hmm. eight months. Um, so we try to respond to that, but you know, there are limitations to the way we work, uh, in terms of everything starts at a semester or ends at a semester. So, um, but we can kind of convince them that, that process is going to be ultimately beneficial for them. It's uh, an incredible process to see the way this has happened, and uh, we want to talk a little bit about how these people are trained and, and the work that goes into this, too, because I tell you, you know, we make comments, Keenan, like, well, this is a better group than last year's or maybe more polished. Uh, that, I think, is a testament to the, to the staff and to everybody involved in this, including at the Innovation Factory as well, who have kind of honed their skills here, too. I think we're, everybody seems to be elevating their game with each passing year. Yeah, this is more than just a gala. This is a, a three-month boot camp that these people go through. <laughs> Innovation Factory does an incredible job of, of going through all the necessary steps and, and uh, coaching them up. I was, uh, I w- was able to judge them a couple months ago to get from the 15, top 15 to the top 10. And I could see their evolution just over those mm-hmm. last two months uh, in the pitches last night. So uh, great job by uh, all involved. Uh, well, and we'll talk to some of those winners a little bit later on in the program. Thank you, uh, all three of you, for coming in here early this morning and for the great work that you continue to do uh, with the entrepreneurs and uh, the startups in this business because uh, yeah. it's mutually beneficial. And thank you, Bill. I, I just want to thank you and, and CHML for your support. You, you've been there from day one and you're a huge element to the success well, of this, so thank we, you. We love, we love seeing the results as well, Keenan. Thanks so much. Great to have you guys with thank us you. here this thank morning. Thank you. You're listening to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML. We are live today from the Innovation Factory at the Innovation Park, of course, McMaster Innovation Park on uh, Longwood Road, and uh, we are talking with uh, some folks involved in the Lions Liner competition. Of course, the winners were announced last night at the gala up at Carmen's Banquet Center. We're going to talk with uh, the winners later on the show and uh, some of the folks involved in the uh, the show itself last night uh, and uh, get into some of the prizes that are involved in this, uh, which are uh, pretty impressive things. Uh, and uh, how these are, are going to have an impact on some of these businesses and startups. But we want to talk to some of the people that made this all possible, of course, that have been working hand-in-hand uh, hand with the uh, the competitors and uh, and just, I, I guess, helping to, to to foster this this sense of innovation and uh, entrepreneurship that's going on. To that extent, we're uh, so pleased to welcome Sue Benison back uh, from Ready Credit Union. Good to see you again. Thanks for coming today. Good to see you, Phil. Good morning. Uh, Nick Tompkin is here from Orbital. Good to see you again. This Good is all like return guests. This is fabulous. Yeah, and, of course, Mike Peace is here from uh, The Forge at McMaster. How are you doing this morning, Mike? Good, thanks. Let's talk a little bit about The Forge for folks who may not know exactly about the program and what you guys do. So we're uh, the McMaster's... Uh, campus-based accelerator program. We're, we're relatively new. We've only been at this for three years. Um, really happy that we've had some some pretty big wins in that time. Companies like Nix that won Lions there last mm-hmm. year, a uh, great company now housed here, close to 20 employees, um, growing quite rapidly. And uh, Ava, which was the grand winner last night, was uh, also one of our companies. Um, our real goal is we want to present the landing pad for ideas that come out of McMaster. And that's going to be industry agnostic, whether they come from healthcare, software, sorry, service businesses. And really, 
all the competitions, everything it does on McMaster, where does that end up landing and where are they able to come and live for six months to two years to take that business to the next level, which is then um, looking for significant seed investments, significant growth. And, and that's where we are. We're the landing pad for every all the ideas that come out of Mac. All right, but you almost have to be all things to all people when it comes to this. I mean, you're not focused on any one thing. As you said, This, uh, I mean, the, the your 9 o'clock appointment might be somebody who's got an idea about health care. Somebody else might have something about hockey equipment for instance i mean and you've, you've got to be able to swing it at all of these things yes we're busy <laughs> um really i mean what our focus is is being the getting the entrepreneurs to be accountable to themselves and getting to be them to be accountable to themselves quickly so we don't want to have companies staying with us for three years we want either you to validate your market and start building an MVP and take that to market to sell it, or we want you to realize that maybe you didn't have something here and that's okay, but we're gonna get you through that process as quickly as possible so you're not spinning your wheels and you're not wasting your own time. Do you want them to make that determination or is that something that you'll uh, move them toward yourself? We put the tools in place, they make the determination. Yeah, okay, so you're not being... We don't pick winners. Yeah, okay, they let we them pick themselves. They'll make the decision themselves as they understand what they have to go and the steps they have to take. Absolutely. And the success they have to do. Uh, talk to us about the role of Meridian in this whole process, Sue, because obviously uh, this is this is very supportive and, and very important. And obviously there's there's a financial side to just about everything that goes on here. And, and at some point you've got to take those ideas and you've got to sit down with somebody who has some financial acumen to say, how can I make this work? That's, that's a, that, one of the biggest nuts to crack, I would think. Absolutely. Um, our partnership with uh, both Innovation Factory as well as uh, the Hamilton Chamber of Commerce um, has enabled uh, the opportunity to, I think, empower entrepreneurs and provide for uh, the foundation that they need to be able to make those decisions as to whether this idea uh, will, um, will be palatable, will move over, will be successful. Um, our financial... Um, Partnership um, with uh, with both is something that's extremely important to us. We believe in active partnership, and we believe in active partnership with our small businesses. So having the opportunity to be able to really get to know them, to understand them, to um, be able to see the vision, and not unlike Meridian, um, as, as being a disruptor and wanting to be able to make a difference. We recognize that small business is the engine that drives the, the economy in this province, and one in which we believe is underserviced. And uh, being able to support small businesses to be successful um, is our goal. We're big on small business. Is, is that a change in, in the industry uh, from, from bygone <laughs> days, so understanding exactly where, where the markets are going and where the future is? I believe it is a change, um, and um, we're proud to uh, to support um, small businesses because, as mentioned, we believe that that they are underserviced, and uh, providing them uh, with um, with mentorship, um, with with financing, with expertise to enable their success is our goal. How flexible, uh, Nick, when somebody's going down this road of entrepreneurship? Uh, how flexible do they have to be? 
about where they think they're going, where they may end up going. And mm -hmm. I, I'll use the example of just about everybody I've ever talked to that's gone to university. Uh, it goes into year one saying, this is the program I'm going to take, this is what I want to do when I graduate. Mm -hmm. And somewhere in those ensuing two or three or four years, there's a side, an exit ramp, and they're off doing something else. Didn't that happen to you to a certain extent too, didn't it? Yeah, I think a, a education is a, is a good analogy to make um, because there's a lot of that. You get into um, a frame of mind and you want and you think that's your path and then halfway through you realize it's not my path and I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs feel that um, and and uh, they they don't have they're they're essentially they're uh, like a culture of of uh, fear on screwing up or doing something wrong or making the wrong decision and that really uh, prevents people from changing course and pivoting to something a little bit more uh, relevant or something that that works better I mean we have people come to us all the time uh, who, who have an idea for an app and honestly we we reject more uh, clients than we than we accept in that on that basis because a lot of times people come in they, they put their life savings on or you know they sell their house and they want to build this next big thing and then you listen to their ideas and you're like I I can't because I, I know how it's gonna turn out right so um, I think entrepreneurship is 50% um, really really hard work and 50% knowing when to you know uh, change course or, or pick a different um, pick a different avenue to execute whatever how important is it then to have the, that open-mindedness to say you know what maybe I have to do this instead of that it's you have to be self-reflective you definitely have to be able to you, you should criticize yourself more than anyone else like you should criticize yourself before someone else gets there because um, if, if, if you're not self-reflective about um, your business or, or what you're trying to uh, accomplish then um, I mean you're no one's going to criticize. No, no one's going to be that close to it to be able to criticize it as well as you. Um, and so, um, if you, because uh, I think a lot when the entrepreneurs they have a really good idea and it starts off being like a really there's a, it's a really good idea behind it, um, but they'll get caught up in minutia and um, I want it to do this because this platform does this and that kind of thing and that's really the wrong um, approach um, and the wrong uh, mentality about it. I think you really do have to have that self-reflection say um, well if always I, and I say this to, to all of our clients imagine it's you that has to use this how bored how quickly because I think when you when you're an entrepreneur or, or you um, or a business owner of any kind uh, your brand, your website, your app, that's the most amazing thing in the world. But you have to remember that to everybody else, it's just another app in the app store, another website to go to. It's just another thing that people deal with in a day. So your job as an entrepreneur is take away as much of the, the bottlenecks and the speed bumps away from someone making a decision if it's about, about you know, turning over uh, or, um, you know, making um, some sort of transaction or closing a deal in some cases or... Um, if it's something to do with an app, uh, that there's an actual um, a solution that isn't being done well, or it's being done in a very specific, your solution is being done in a very specific way that counters um, uh, what's out there already. How, how do you encourage, though, in, in those early stages, uh, Mike, uh, how do you encourage that, that, that sort of uh, open thinking then and creative thinking? 
Uh, I, I know a friend of mine years ago wanted to be a singer, a musician, and he, uh, he sounded just like Bruce Springsteen, he rocked Springsteen. And he, he actually actually go to a record company, and the guy said, "Look, we already have a Bruce Springsteen. Show me something else." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, been there, done that. To, you know, to 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 Nick's point, you don't want people that are just simply going to say, "Well, this guy did this. I can do something like that too." You're you're really looking for something different, new ideas here, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. And and you see a lot of um, copycat businesses and copycat ideas. And um, one thing that because we're Canadians, we're very polite, right? So inevitably, <laughs> if, if I tell you my idea, you go, oh, that's wonderful, let me know when it comes out. And really what they should be doing is then asking for $2 when you say that. And that's when you start to get real feedback. So a lot of what we do is just dive deep, right? Go talk to your customers. Research is not done on Google. You don't hide behind a website. So you go find five customers. You spend a week with those customers. You dive into their pain points. And in that one week, you'll gather probably enough market research as to should I go ahead or should I not go ahead? Um, also encourage small bets, right? You don't have to you don't have to put the entire farm by spending sixty thousand dollars to build your first prototype app. There's tools out there where you can launch for a couple hundred bucks, right? So launch it, take it to market, gather a whole back of fe- a whole bunch of feedback about it, and then that's actually how you figure out how you should go forward if you should go forward. What's the mi- mindset like? Are, are people that wanting to hit home runs right off the bat, and and you're encouraging hitting singles? Yeah, I mean, I'm encouraging smaller bets. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you don't have to put your entire life on the line, right? Immediately. You can do a lot of things to validate your idea within a marketplace before you make that big bet, right? Um, so the idea is that a series of small bets would lead up to that actual when you're trying to hit the home run at that stage. When I talk to the 10 finalists every year when they come on the program, uh, I, I'm always intrigued uh, by, first of all, innovation and, and, and ideas and outside-the-box thinking. Uh, you know, and, and those are the, the right side of the brain people. Here's my idea, but there's got to be uh, somebody who's got a business case and somebody who's got a business head about this, too. Uh, how, do you, how do you mold those two together, and how do you t- create that, that business case? I mean, it, lots of people have great ideas, but if you can't put a business case for it, you're not going anywhere. Absolutely. And I mean, we have a, at McMaster, I have to say, there's a wonderful wealth of engineering talent that mm-hmm. comes out of the university and a wonderful wealth of med talent that comes out of the university. Um, engineers love to build stuff. That's what they do. They're engineers. Um, really what it is, is getting them to think about it from the customer's point of view and that customer journey, right? Um, and that will help lead them towards the idea of, is there an actual business case here? And a lot of cases, we don't want you to build it. We want you to go talk to your customers, validate your idea, Where's the gap in the market that you're filling? And then you go build your sort of prototype to take to market. Um, very rarely does building it first work. There's always the money aspect of it, too, when, when something like this happens and somebody gets that idea and maybe starts to develop a business plan. Uh, as, <laughs> as, as Michael says, I mean, you know, we're, we're Canadians, so we're always nice to people. But the fact is, is that you've, you've got to talk, I guess, some hard truths when these people come in before you and they say, here's what we're looking at. Here's what we think we need from a financial standpoint right now. You've got to be pretty analytical, and I, and I would think pretty honest with them. Uh, absolutely. And... Uh I think that's the best advice that that we can give is to let someone know that um, whether their business cases is is flawed, um, whether uh, there's their need to go back and regroup um, and uh, look to be able to get some support along the way, uh, but we, um, as a partner, is um, is really wanting to be able to um, let them know uh, what we believe um, is. Um, you know, it is the right path, and sometimes it is to step back. You're not ready yet, 
uh, before they look to move forward. We're, we're sitting right here at the Innovation Factory, Nick, and, and maybe you could comment about the, the, the support that's here, because I know some people are going to be listening to this conversation and say, why should I even bother? My God, this is going to be terrible. I'm never going to get through this. Mm. Uh, but there are support services now that yes. maybe weren't here 10 years ago. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of, um, I think, I mean, there's a lot of services, but essentially it is the community. Um, uh, one uh, incredible, uh, I want to say, uh, motivator is the fact that there's other people in the city who are successful, and you can kind of see that. Um, there's a lot of, um, I don't want to say, uh, I don't want to say Hamilton evangelists, but people who really do. Uh, you can go and you can talk to them. Like, um, and I'm sure you're familiar with Kevin Brown. He's like, um, mm-hmm. he, we call him the Messiah of tech in Hamilton. Um, but honestly, uh, without people like uh, Kevin Brown pushing our, and uh, in, in out of their own pocket and their own volition and their own uh, free time, sit and make sure that we all um, have that uh, have that resource in that community. And and the programs are de- definitely helpful uh, as well. But I think um, the, the real um, movement happens a- among people and, and the people who push for it are our community and um to, to the point you were making earlier about being an entrepreneur um and uh, why should i even bother doing this like what what's the point if it's this hard um you have to understand that when you're an entrepreneur you're going to make sacrifices like when, when we're done this interview i'm going to go out there and get on a bus because i'm an entrepreneur right like i went from a two uh, car family to a one car family because that's um, those are the exchanges to get to the freedom that I needed in order to, to make that happen. And if you're not willing to make those sacrifices, you're not really willing to um, uh, do... If, like, if that's your dream, if that's truly your dream, then prove it to yourself. Don't... Um, you, you, have to, you have to look at every element of your life and, and, and consider uh, if that's something you really want to do, that you might have to make sacrifices, you might have to make changes. Um, and <laughs> that probably doesn't help what you were saying is like, why would I even bother? Well, it's it's kind of a, a litmus test. It's about being dedicated to the cause, though, isn't it? I think you have to go into it knowing what you're getting into. If you if you don't if you go into it thinking it's this fantasy land, like I think a lot of like Silicon Valley, everything really um, Hollywood uh, or or um, I want to say uh, popularize a lot of ideas that that aren't actually true outside of that bubble, right? So um, for the rest of the world, um, you you can't make it. Uh, or you can't uh, fake it until you make it. Um, to some extent, we all have to do that, and we all wear multiple hats. But uh, ultimately, if if you're going to be um, someone who follows that dream that you have, that you, you have to, you, without without uh, any question, you have to make those sacrifices. I think. Do the people that come in and talk to you at uh, at the forge, Michael? Do they understand that that this this is going to be a marathon, not a sprint? Yeah, on the whole, I mean, we're we're dealing with a lot of very young entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. um, so we focus, like, say, being the landing pad for McMaster University. Um, and and the great thing is, is that when you're 23 years old, you don't have as much to risk as when you're 43 years old and doing it. Um, and so they have a, a much better runway, I'd say, in terms of their ability to 
live poor, <laughs> if you will, um, you know, yeah. work 24 hours a day on their idea. Um, in a lot of cases, the idea actually will start when they're in university. So they're already used to being poor at that stage, right? So it's a great continuation for them. Um, so but the Kraft Dinner Diet is already a part yeah, of Yeah, exactly. Their, it's all, you know, ramen noodles, and, yeah. and they're good to go. So, um, you, you know, I, you I don't think... don't have to mortgage the house because you probably don't have you one. You don't have one, exactly. And, you know, there, there's some great disadvantages because you don't have the experience of running a business before, but they do have that great sort of youthful enthusiasm them, um, which can can carry them a long way. And and from that standpoint, what the, the thing I think that what part of the message we have to talk about here, Sue, is they're always thinking, well, financial institutions don't care about guys like us because we're young, we don't have the experience, we may have the ideas. Uh, that that's that mindset has changed considerably. Please, people like like Meridian obviously are, are looking for that sort of, of of entrepreneurship right now, and and you're willing to support somebody who's done the homework. I mean, I think the message both uh, Michael and Nick are talking is right here is before they sit down with guys from Meridian, uh, you guys got a lot of work to do. You got to put your business case together and you got to believe in the product right now, but you're willing to listen to those people. Absolutely. Um, the story is as important as the business case. Uh, the dream is as, as important, uh, but to that point is uh, making sure that you are ready and doing your homework is, is a, uh, for um, from Meridian or any financial service provider is going to be an important part. And um, our partnership with Innovation Factory as well as uh, the Hamilton Chamber of Commerce again, provides for that enabler, gets them ready uh, to be able to uh, go out and seek that financing and ensure that their business case is sound, um, ensure that they've got that strategic plan in place to be able to look to succeed. And if they come down this road, Nick, one of the other elements here to try to finish this off on a positive note mm. is that mentorship, that uh, that talk to somebody like yourself or like Michael or, or, or mm. to Sue or, or to Dave Carter here at the Innovation Factory and say, you know who you should talk to? Call so-and-so here. They mm. might be able to give you some insight into that. And you thought, gee, I never, I, I, I never thought I could get in touch with them. But yeah. but that they can be the conduit for an awful lot of that, those contacts, which can be so important. Yeah, definitely. If, if you're looking to start up a business and you think there's like an elite group of people in Hamilton that you can't talk to, you can't access, that's not a thing. That doesn't, that's not, like, uh, Dave Carter is incredibly accessible. Uh, Keenan Loomis, uh, chamber, president of the Chamber of Commerce, incredibly accessible. Uh, we have uh, a lot of people in really important institutions in Hamilton that you can literally call up uh, at a moment's notice, and they'll take the phone, they'll take your phone call. Um, and that, I don't think that's, um, in my experience, I've, I've lived all over the province. Um, I've never seen that uh in, in the same way there is definitely kind of like a um a glass ceiling or uh, you know the, uh, it's I, I, f I feel like if you're if you're looking at those those connections or those resources almost being like the city's elite if you will um traditionally they're in some sort of glass castle or whatever that you can't you can't go to or you have to go through a series of steps to get in contact with them um, but everybody's very literal in this city about how to be successful there's no beating around the bush or um, putting a lot of, uh, you know, putting lipstick on a pig, so to speak. Like, um, we are Canadians and, and we do have a, a sense of, of politeness, but at the same time, I feel like, at least in Hamilton, if you're not, more often than not, I mean, you can't say uh, 100% um, to be the case always, but more often than not, uh, Hamilton is a place that where your ideas will be uh 
they'll they'll be challenged if they're bad. <laughs> the support the support levels here, and that's a key message on this, guys. Thanks so much for being here today. Uh, so much more we could talk about, but we're a little pressed for time. We have to get the news on in a couple of minutes. But continue good luck, and uh, thanks again for the support you guys are showing for all of these folks. Appreciate the time today. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show weekdays from nine to noon on AM nine hundred CHML. We are live today. From the Innovation Factory on Longwood Road, uh, the old Campco plant, for those of you who have been around town for a few years, uh, this is a beehive of activity. It has been for a number of years, ever since the McMaster Innovation Park, uh, of course, took over the building some years ago. And uh, the Innovation Factory has been a major part of the successes that have emanated from uh, these four walls uh, over the last number of years. And uh, I want to talk about some of those successes, and I want to talk about some of the challenges that, uh, that some of these entrepreneurs have faced. And uh, to that end, we're so pleased to welcome uh, women in entrepreneurship panel. Uh, Shan McGrail is here from DeVue uh, ERI at Innovation Factory. Good to have you here. Thank you. Uh, Julie Ellis from Mabel's Labels and uh, Head Lion. I want to talk about that in a couple okay. of minutes. And April Wright from Sniper Skin. Of course, uh, past winner. Uh, Lee's here too. Uh, i got to talk about the new product Lee was just showing me in a couple <laughs> of seconds. I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. I'm sure you are too. Thanks, uh, by the way, first of all, for, for all coming in here. Uh, I'm going to ask you a, a, maybe a controversial question, but I th- one nonetheless that I think is probably on an awful lot of people's minds, and one of the reasons I'm glad we were able to assemble this panel here today. Uh, you've heard about the proverbial glass ceiling when it comes to entrepreneurship and small business, and, and that investors, uh, others that are in the industry sometimes, uh, let's face it, say maybe have two sets of standards, one for men, one for women. And uh, there are oftentimes stories that we hear about about women that seem to have to, to push twice as hard, uh, work twice as, 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 as hard to try to make something happen because they just have to prove that much more. Is there a glass ceiling? Did you guys find that there was a problem? I mean, let, me, let me start with you, Julie, and we'll work around the panel. I I do think there is. I think that sometimes the ideas and the reasons that women gravitate to entrepreneurship are different than men, and they um, dis- have disruptive ideas that are outside of, I think, what the male-dominated sort of venture capitalist and funding arena would consider mainstream disruptive. And so people say, huh, I don't get it. And and I think that they juggle a different set of responsibilities and that their path to entrepreneurship can be different. I mean, for me, the path to entrepreneurship was wanting to leave my traditional job so that I could spend more time and have more flexibility. Uh, I learned you don't spend more time, but you do have more flexibility. Usually that means you stay up really, really late at night and work so that you can have some time with your kids during the day when they're awake. But that's why I wanted to go and do this. And ultimately, it became a real job where I did not have the same breadth of flexibility that I had once gone into it for. Um, But I think that that's a fairly common reason that I hear from people about why they want to start a business. I saw a rather, I thought, disturbing report, Shannon, a couple of weeks ago from, I think it was the Conference Board of Canada, uh, that talked about, for instance, women in, in, in administrative roles in businesses. And these are established businesses not as, as opposed to startups. But uh, I think it's about half of the, the, uh, the, the listed companies on the stock exchange right now have no women on their executive committees. Uh, and th- that, that shocked me and bothered me to a certain extent. But uh, if I'm looking at this as a glass is half full, is that maybe motivation for women to say, you know what, if, if you don't want to make room for me, I'm going to do something on my own? Uh, you're absolutely right. And one of the things, my background is mostly with women in technology where, you know, the numbers have always been low. There's been a lot of focus on it and not a lot of improvement. And one of the things that is happening is there's a small pipeline to begin with, but then we have this phenomenon of the leaky pipeline. 
So women who are sort of mid-stage career, very similar to what Julie was just saying, they get to this mid-stage, they're frustrated with being paid less, they're frustrated with not advancing at the same level, so they opt to take their skills and put them into entrepreneurship or into other things. So there is absolutely opportunity. And I think to pick up on this theme of disruption, you've got women who are coming into the market with great skills, they're determined, they know how to work harder. They've been working harder than their male counterparts, so they're used to that, so it's not a new thing. And they go and they take a look at these markets and they see opportunities differently because of their experiences as women. And we had some great examples last night of the yeah, women who were up on stage. When we go to the winner's list this year, I mean, and yeah. I, I had the, 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 the pleasure, obviously, of, of interviewing all 10 finalists. Uh, and I was amazed, and, and you know, when we when we talked to some of the folks, Melissa and Emily and and, and others, uh, that that actually were on the winner's circle from last night, you get that that's the personification of exactly what you're talking about. Mm. And and I think that's one of the things we often talk about for women what the challenges are. But if we flip it around and say there's immense opportunity, the the world is ripe for disruption, right? So if you if you come at it with a different set of experiences, and you look at the problems that nobody else has really looked at, and you make an attempt to solve them and I think we're seeing more of that the the example of the hockey gear great example um, we also think about women still tend to have a lot of the responsibilities in the home and when I look at dolled up desserts she came at it from a need to solve a dietary issue but a lot of women are thinking about their kids their birthday parties what's going on in the house and they have those responsibilities so coming at it and looking at it from a different set of experiences leads you to see problems differently and come up with way different solutions and um, you know maybe tap into things that nobody else has even thought of before. And I think that's what the big opportunity ahead is. Well, yeah, in Katarina's example, with dolled up desserts, I, mean, I remember that conversation I had with her when she was with us in the studio. I said, this is an idea whose time has come. I mean, organics are not just a, a fad. They're, they're the, uh, the way of life, and they're a lifestyle for most people right now. Five years ago, you had to find a store that would sell organics and sell gluten-free, et cetera. Maybe, oh, I guess there's a health food store or someplace. Now we're demanding that in mainstream institutions, and she's right there on the cutting edge of it. Mm-hmm. Who else is doing that? Not very many people. Well, and, and bridesmaids are another fantastic example, right? Men have rented tuxedos forever, and finally, you know, somebody has brought that disruptive business model to something that, you know, a lot of us, I'm sure the panel has been through this. I've got <laughs> lots of ugly dresses hanging in my closet, um, but they're there to solve that problem because they're looking at it from a different set of experiences. So I think it's fantastic. Yours was a rather unique story, though. When you look at what uh, what you and Lee had to do, April, to, to make inroads in, uh, I don't want to say it's a male dominator, but it, when you get into <laughs> sports, it's a different head space from, from a lot of these other entrepreneurs, isn't it? It definitely is, uh, especially with hockey. Uh, a lot of the times when we're negotiating with someone, I usually push it to him because I know they're going to take him a little more seriously. And I tend to How do you little, feel about that? Well, I tend to be a little shyer, too, and I don't have the history in hockey that he does, obviously. So I, I do sell myself short a little bit um, and stay behind the scenes a little more. Um, but I, I do want to challenge that. And certainly sitting at the panel in the lion's lair last night, seeing those women, how polished they were and how confident they were, it really gives me a little more of a push to um, come out of that shyness and 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 push forward with Cause, the cause ideas. I've heard that from other people in the competition in past years, too, uh, some of the finalists, that uh, if there's a male and a female there and they're sitting down there in front of somebody, invariably the conversation begins with somebody talking to the male instead of the female. And and I, I don't know why that, well, maybe I do know why that is, but and it's unfortunate. Uh, but there's a pushback on that now, isn't there? 
I, I absolutely think there is. And in fact, I've been in the situation in my in my corporate life before being on my own and running my own company. You know, same thing. I would walk in with my mail, you know, a direct report to me, walk in with him and, you know, the customer immediately thinks he's the decision maker. I actually use it to my advantage, right? And I still do those advantage situations. And I look at it and it's fine. It is what it is, but it's my opportunity to take a hold of the situation, catch somebody on guard and go from there. I find it kind of fun sometimes. Let me get into your situation here, Julie. I mean, the first time you and I met, of course, was a few years ago. How many years ago did you won? That we won. The, the Lion's Lair and with uh, with Mabel's labels. You know what? We never actually won Lion's Lair no, with no, Mabel's but, labels, but, but we've been around and supporting Lion's Lair since the very beginning. Yeah, but, yeah. but you've been involved in we've this. We've been involved here at but, Innovation Factory. Yeah, and now you're, you've moved on to something else, which I, I find have. fascinating. Uh, uh, you, Mabel's labels was an extremely large success, of course. Yeah. Uh, and I remember talking with you last year, and you said you had some other innovative ideas. What's going on with Head Lion? Well, it was a great group of lines this year. Uh, we had a great panel, and I was really excited to take that headline role. Um, I think that we were really fortunate to see the quality of the companies coming up um, is improving that, every year. Do you look for yourself or some part of yourself in some of these people? Yes, I think so, driven. and I realize you were, you were driven right from day one. Very driven. We were very driven at Mabel's Labels, and they still are very driven to be successful. Um, I think that became part of the fiber of the business. Um, and I know when I see all of these companies and I watch them pitch, um, I am an entrepreneur at heart because I, every single idea that comes, I'm like, well, that's cool because of this, this, and this, and and that one I could take, and you, I think you could lever it over that way. And I'm always thinking about those businesses and how interesting it is how people get ideas to start businesses and how different they can be yet what an amazing opportunity and path ahead of them to grow and build a business incredibly difficult incredibly rewarding and i feel like everybody who was in that top 10 it's such a diverse group of businesses they have a real opportunity to build a network for themselves to draw upon as they grow their businesses because it's a very lonely road as an entrepreneur and you need to have people to lean on um, who understand what it's like and so i think they've got a great start at that uh, Nick Tompkins was with us uh, in the last segment, and he was talking about uh, when you were involved in the startup. He says there's a lot of lonely nights and some sacrifices mm -hmm. that have to be made. You know, he talked about giving up the car, and you know, the, the you know, he's taking the bus now. So, you know, got rid of the car because he figures, you know, they get, the money's tight at that. I, I, I mean, you did you you're the personification of that. I mean, uh, in those early days of Mabel's labels, I mean, it was it was a home business, and mm -hmm. and you had to grow, and obviously some sacrifices. Uh, do you find that the entrepreneurs of today are willing to pay that price and, and, and do what needs to be done to make it work? I do. I think people are, are willing to struggle in order to have their own idea. And it's, it is like having a child. I mean, you, you want it to live and breathe and grow and, and succeed and all the things that you want for in your life, be, you know, it becomes like another one of your kids. And, uh, you know, you love it just as fiercely and you want it to do just as well. How many times uh, over those years and then those nights uh, late at night did you say, why am I doing this? Um, I'm not a person who says, why am I doing this? But my husband said, why are you doing this on a regular <laughs> occasion? So, <laughs> and he actually had a perspective that was quite good because you put your head down and you, and you go down the funnel and, you know, every now and again, he'd reach in and pull me back and say, you know, you need to, you need to pace yourself here. And that was very helpful to me. 
and, and talk about challenges though in your situation, April. I mean, you're you're heading into a business. Or first of all, you have to convince people that there is a, a, a better way to do that than, than what's being done for you know year after year after year. And then you have to convince them that yours is the better way. Uh, that's that's got to be a challenging enterprise every day. It definitely is. Um, and then the push to make it cheaper and go to China and you know buy thousands at a time. I think it is a struggle, but I think the the drive for us is just the freedom and the flexibility that entrepreneurship um, allows us in exchange for being in the corporate world, which we had both done. Um, and so that pushes you to keep going, even though the daily challenges can be interesting and tough and definitely sacrifice. Yeah, but that was one of the toughest decisions. I remember talking with you and Lee uh, when, when we first heard about Sniper Skin and, and what you guys were doing. And, and you were comfortable with what you guys were doing in your lives. And you jump into the deep end of the pool. Yeah, we definitely did. And there Without are definitely a life raft. yeah, there are definitely days where where we ask the question, what are we doing? Because the two of us are in it together. Um, but you know what? Sometimes you need to step back and see the growth and see the the year over year um, successes and not get um, dragged down by the daily sometimes uh, financial strains, those types of things. Because we were talking earlier how. You know, uh, if I don't meet my sales target, I'm very hard on myself. But at the same time, I lose sight of the growth that we have seen from one year to the next. Um, and sometimes, you know, we just need to step back and pat ourselves on the back a little bit and, you know, um, maybe reach out to other people that are uh, here in resources like the Innovation Factory to see what other steps we could do to work together and, and overcome those obstacles. I think lots of entrepreneurs are reluctant to pat themselves on the back because it always feels like if you meet the bar, it wasn't high enough, it should have been higher if you don't meet the bar. It's hard to look and see where you've come from. And I always like to say that whenever I felt like I knew what I was doing, it meant that tomorrow I was gonna wake up and it, we were up on a whole new hill. I was climbing a new mountain where I had no idea what I was doing once again. So you could never get too comfortable. But but the the attitude and 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 I think the confidence that the 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 Lions uh, Lair competition showed us this year with the finalists that that we've talked about and and that you talked with Shan, uh, they had this for lack of a better expression, a can-do attitude, that they're going to make something work. You know, something as simple as, as how to grow tomatoes in, in the wintertime here, as opposed to, you know, the way that we're all used to doing that. And, and, and you know, they simply said, look, I'm, not, I'm tired of buying orange tomatoes from Mexico. You know, they've been on a truck for four days. I can do something better. And, and the challenge, of course, when she tried to start that was they said, no, 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 we don't do that here. Well, yeah, you can, and yeah, you should, and that to try to convince them of that, boy, it's the, there've got to be some rather frustrating days. But the, that stick to itiveness that she was showing, and and now you see the fruits of that that labor. I, I couldn't agree more, and in fact, I think the the two ladies I'm sitting with here today, Julie and April, oh, it's, sure. it's it's that example that they've set, right? You so set you see bar. more and more people doing it, and you know, both for men and women, the more entrepreneurship we see. But I think for women, the challenge has been we haven't seen as many. And now that we're starting to see more and more successes, we're talking about it more. Um, organizations like the Innovation Factory are, you know, making it easier to support women in entrepreneurship. I think, 
you'll just see more and more people confident because they see others doing it. We all know when you see somebody else doing it and you know you can do it too, you go for it. And I think, again, last night was a great example of that. Okay, but just to that point, I've got about a minute or so left here. Uh, is, is the business world ready for that as well? Are they willing to get behind those women entrepreneurs? Are they willing to invest in those ideas and those concepts, uh, wh whether it's Mabel's labels, whether it's uh, Sniper Skin, uh, whether it's any of the winners that we had from last night? Uh, uh, are they willing to get behind them and give, and give them a shot? Do they have the same faith in them that they would in, in a male entrepreneur? Well, my, my opinion is a dollar is a dollar. Great ideas, <laughs> great market opportunity. People are going to invest in it. It may take a little bit more time, but I absolutely believe we're getting there. I think that we it's a hot topic of conversation in the world, and so that will bring change, but it will take some time um, to bring money to and, and spotlight to women-owned businesses. Uh, did you find that to be the case too? I mean, you guys are a tag team, obviously, with you and Lee, but it just nonetheless, uh, great ideas. And there's it, an innovative idea that we haven't got time to talk about now, but I'll get Lee to do that when he joins us later on in the panel about your 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 golf idea and the golf club idea and the grip that's going on there too. But are, are they willing to embrace those and say, yeah, we believe in you guys? You know what? I think that uh, you know, look at last night, the the number of women and the confidence that they're bringing to the table. I don't think they're going to stand for anything less. To you know what, we're here, we've got a great product, and you know what, we're going to fight to make it work. Well, you said there's a conversation about this going on right now, and you're the ones that are driving it. Uh, you're forcing that conversation, and that's a good news story. So congratulations, guys, and on another great successful year, too, with the competition. Uh, I know it's a blast. I know you guys are always going to be there for, uh, to support the competition every year and to encourage, encourage our, this, this uh, entrepreneurship that we've seen. Thanks a lot for being here today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having us. You're listening to The Bill Kelly. Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML. We are uh, live today at the Innovation Factory on Longwood Road at Hamilton's West End. It's the day after the Lions Lair uh, finalists were announced and the winners were announced last night up at Carmen's Banquet Center. And that's become our tradition here on the Bill Kelly Show. Of course, we're broadcasting uh, from the uh, Innovation Factory and uh, we're talking to some, well, winners of this year, which is going to happen later on. Uh, we're going to talk with the, the folks that uh, put the gala on last night, too, and have been working so diligently on this year's competition. But one of the best segments I do every year when we do this program, of course, is catching up with some of the past winners. You know that, that like, where are they now segment they always do on some of the shows? Well, this is what we do here. And it's always fascinating to watch uh, because we hear of these innovators and, and these entrepreneurs, and we congratulate them uh, as they've gone through the competition in past years. But you don't want to lose track of them. Well, it's, it's difficult to lose track of a lot of these guys because they're doing so well in the industries these days, and uh, we've assembled uh, three of them that have taken time out of their busy schedules to uh, pop in and say hi to us again. Morgan Wyatt is here from Greenlid. Good to see you again, Morgan. <laughs> nice to see you, Bill. Uh, Lee Wright from Sniper Skin is here. Good to see you again, my friend. I'll talk about your new product in a second. And Elena Principato is here from Nick's Color Sensor, uh, and uh, I want to start with you, if I could. Sure. First of all, thanks all of you guys for being here, thanks for uh, because you guys were... were in the, in the competition where, where Nix did so well, I was blown away by the technology that was involved in this because anybody that's ever had to paint their house or paint something on an industrial basis, uh, I'm one of those guys that has actually taken the little paint chips <laughs> into the you know, home hardware or whatever, and now that doesn't quite work. That, oh, come on. And then you finally buy something over here that's close enough, and it looks terrible. You guys came up with the solution to do this, which is why I'm not surprised at all that you've won, but you've now come up with an even better model of it. Yes, yeah, so uh, this year, actually this summer, we released 
released a new product. It's called the NYX Mini Color Sensor. So it's a smaller, more affordable product that is for our consumer audience. So they're still able to grab those paint exact paint matches yeah. to actually over 28,000 colors, but they're also able to still rely on those digital color values that they need for graphic design or any type of uh, digital rendering that they're doing for their homes or designs. And, and this is much more affordable then for, for, for smaller budgets. And uh, everybody might be saying, well, there's a bit of a sticker shock there, but, you know, industri- industrial users might can jump right into this. But now, all of a sudden, this is something everybody can have. Yes, for sure. So we're uh, seeing a lot of homeowners purchasing them and bringing them into their house to be able to find that exact color. So it's the uh, DIY homeowner, which is becoming more and more popular today, where instead of having to rely on these paint chips, like you were saying, they can get the exact match just by scanning it with their Nix Mini and using the app to find the right paint match. Well, paint chips don't work. I mean, for heaven's sakes, that's 19th century technology, right? Because, <laughs> no, I mean, they, the sun fades them, everything happens, they get worn out. They're, you're never going to get the exact match unless you use your product. Exactly. So the problem with those paint chips is they fade, like you said, they rip, and also ambient lighting is going to yeah. have an issue with yeah. that, whereas the Nix Mini, as well as our Nix Pro, will block out all of the ambient light, and that's why you get an accurate match the first time. Now, this is available on Amazon, right? It is. It's available on Amazon.com and.ca as well as on our website nextmini.com. That's a great idea and uh, everything else is going well business is going well it is we've uh, we've grown significantly we are at about 18 staff now so uh, there's a lot of us and you're and all I, over North America we are North America the next pro is international um, and the next mini right now is North America and we're hoping to expand internationally by end of year well you know that's only a matter of time exactly the yeah. things are going <laughs> right now I mean you can't keep a good idea down right uh, let's talk about Greenlid, uh, something that uh, that is in our household, in the Kelly household, uh, and, and uh, we're just so blown away by this product, Morgan, when you guys came and saw us a couple of years ago. Uh, things have gone well for you guys. As a matter of fact, you've expanded the operation, haven't you? Yeah, we've really expanded. Uh, Greenlid's available in many retailers across uh, Canada now, Canadian Tire, Home Hardware, Loblaws, and Fortino's in about two weeks as well. And we've even expanded into uh, Lowe's in the U.S. as well. Now, no only have you expanded with the Greenlid product, which is just a great idea that everybody is going to is just embrace and is embracing right now. You've expanded product lines. What's going on? Yeah, we really just took um, what the Greenlid technology was, which is making paper pulp leak-proof, and we've applied it to a few other products. And one of the big ones now we're launching is a biodegradable mosquito trap, and we're actually launching that in a lot of uh, developing countries around the world because it's an inexpensive way to control mosquitoes that are carrying. Um, mosquito-borne illnesses like Zika, chikungunya, dengue, and, and a variety of other things. Did you see that? Where was that on your radar? I mean, you guys didn't <laughs> talk to us about that when you won the competition. No, it was something that was always in the back burner. We worked oh, with yeah? the Australian government who is uh, helping us develop this. And just about last year, just before the Zika crisis was declared, um, we actually had Australia start ordering them from us. So we then tried to expand as quickly as we could to get them to more places. How do you keep up with the business and the orders? I mean, you guys are all over the place, all over the world now. Um, we have we have a really solid team, and we rely on a lot of different uh, groups around Toronto and Hamilton to basically support a lot of the stuff we're doing. So we have a small core team, and then we outsource a lot of the other stuff. I get the feeling you guys aren't finished yet, though. I mean, you know, the <laughs> Greenland was one thing, but then I guess say the mosquito traps now. I, I get the sense there's probably something else brewing in your head now uh, th- th- as, as this starts to expand and starts to grow like this. Uh, I guess once an innovator, always an innovator. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a lot of things in the pipeline right now, and just to focus on a few, 
few and then and then keep adding them on as we go. It's it's great success story and and, and I'm so happy for you guys because of what's going on here. Uh, let me uh, bring Lee right into the conversation. Of course, from Sniper Skin, uh, hockey is a theme, by the way, that we're going to carry on when we talk about this year's winners. But uh, we'll, you know about that when we get into the next hour. Uh, you guys though really kind of set the bar for that with uh, with what you guys are doing with Sniper Skin and and expanding. Let's first of all talk about some of the new developments with the the skin itself, Lee. Well, as a uh, continuous improvement's always in my blood, and I like to listen to the customers and what they want. And uh, we've been coming up with new patterns to make uh, the sniper skin hockey grips and baseball lacrosse more appealing. And so we got some new new patterns coming out. This one in front of me is called Fireblade. Uh, who, my, who, who developed this? Well, actually, my son developed it. He's our production manager. It's in the DNA, isn't it? That's right. We gave him a challenge and said, hey, we need something <laughs> new and fresh and it appeals to your age group, so come up with something. So he did. Uh, this is a great idea for a whole lot of reasons. Uh, basically, you've eliminated one of the, uh, the the traditional things of hockey, of course, is the garbage can in the middle of the dressing room that everybody throws their tape into right now. Uh, you don't need that sort of stuff anymore because of what you've done here with the sniper skin. How's this been received in the industry? It's uh, it's it's growing. It's uh, it's got a foothold now. Uh, sniper skin is now a brand. Yeah. It's recognized in the hockey world and lacrosse. Uh, we're trying to make inroads into baseball, which is a little bit harder. But uh, the great news is is, is that uh, we've we've get uh, we have attention worldwide now, it's international attention. And the the big news is we just signed Europe. You don't need pine tar in baseball if you've got this, though, right? Sure, but that, that's the thing. It's a it, uh, baseball is a very traditional sport. No kidding. Yeah. And the guys that like pine tar, they love it. There's been some other grips out there that uh, have taken a little bit of a foothold, but the funny thing is, I watched this year on on uh, the the Jays, and those grips have disappeared. They're going back to pine tar so it's an interesting business but uh, the big news they give up they will change eventually yeah exactly i'm working with one of the big uh, bat manufacturers i can't say it starts with an r but you know <laughs> some someday we you know yeah. we might uh, we might make it big in there i was talking to you uh, during one of the news breaks here earlier this morning about having to play golf i don't play that much anymore but uh, i was playing in the rain i was saying it was just so frustrating because every time you go to hit the ball of course it, your hands get wet it's raining right and uh, you know as well as i do that if your hand slips just a little bit on that grip uh the ball goes about 500 yards in the wrong direction when that happens and you said funny you should mention that and you showed me this this new development you've got with golf clubs what, tell us about that yeah so i pulled out the secret weapon here which is uh, a golf grip it's a sniper skin golf grip that goes over the existing grip, so you don't have to go through the hassles of cutting off your old one, which is a real pain in the butt. Yeah, and expensive. Yeah, exactly. And this is a this is a lower cost alternative that could be done at home by the do-it-yourselfer. And the big thing for me is it's got to work when it's wet. That's the that's the big thing that we got to take on. And, and uh, we're not quite there yet, but it's almost ready. Yeah, I know, but this this will change. Uh, golfing for an awful lot of people because like I say I, I know it's one thing to say okay uh, you know Jason Day is going to have to get new clubs or has to get new grips or whatever it is but for the the, the weekend golfer uh, you know who may or may not even have a membership I mean it can be an expensive enterprise and regripping the clubs can cost a few bucks right now this is a, a, a much less expensive solution it's probably going to give them a more effective product absolutely and, and we're the only ones that be able to customize it with their name you know the the name of the golf course, whatever we want. Talk to me about go back to to the early days when 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 you and April were starting this whole process, and and April touched on it a few minutes ago when she was with us on the last panel. Uh, you guys were both doing pretty well. Life was good. You were making some pretty good bucks between the two of you and raising a family. Uh, and you decided, no, that's not good enough for us. We're going to do something a little bit different, a little bit bizarre, a little adventurous, really. Uh, 
that 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 had to be a pretty tough call to make. I mean, because at that stage, you were doing what we were talking about earlier with entrepreneurs. You had the house, you had the mortgage, you had the the responsibility of, of and the financial responsibility of raising kids, and you went to do this. It was, that was not an easy decision, I imagine. No, of course not. And now we've got a bigger mortgage because something's got to fund this business development. But it's 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 that you know it's in us. We're entrepreneurs. We're born this way. We want to take on the world. We want to make it different. We want. We don't want to be stuck in that corporate mold anymore. And everybody that comes and sits in front of you that's part of this, that's how they're built. And that's what we love. We love to do it. It's in us. But talk to us about the help that you guys got from, from people like the Innovation Factory. I mean, you had a business background to begin with, but not as an entrepreneur, not to go out on a, on a limb like this and, and realize that there's probably competitors that are trying to saw the limb off behind you there after you've done this. Well, that, that's for sure. That's You can't do this on your own. And I'm lucky because I'm an engineer. I have all that manufacturing and design experience. April has the business background working for big retailers in Canada. But there's so many other things. There's accountants. There's lawyers. There's business people. There's sales sales experts. And Innovation Factory introduced us to all of that. And without them and without being part of this process, we wouldn't have made it to where we are today. You know, in the first few years of the competition, uh, and I'm trying to harken back to some of the folks that were the finalists in some of these, and, and Weave Wraps comes to mind, of course. I think they were the first winners uh, seven years ago of, of the, the whole competition. But there were a lot of apps, and there's a lot of tech stuff involved in this. And uh, and I th- this is great because that's obviously going to be a big part of the, of the new economy that's going on. But, Morgan, when you guys decided, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do something about kitchen garbage. Um that's not the first thing people would have thought of when they thought about innovators and entrepreneurs. But but you guys took the most basic idea and simply said, people worry about this on a daily basis. We can do something about this uh, as long as people are going to buy into it. Uh, you didn't. It, there's a technology to this, certainly, by all means, but much more practical use to it than maybe a lot of the other things that have been developed. Yeah, no, it's definitely looking at for some of these problems out there and thinking of new innovative ways to to solve them. And I think that's where kind of greenlit happened. And then we got some great technology out of it. And and that's that's a common theme, though, isn't it, Elena? When you look at some of the ideas and some of the past winners, and certainly with what you guys did with Nick's color sensor, is is looking and saying, there's got to be a better way. Uh, the, you know, I know this, this this pattern here. I know we've been doing it this way for the longest time, uh, and there's different things. You know, they bring your stuff in, and we'll put it under a color sensor at this place. And no, 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 no. There's a better way to do this, a more efficient way to do this, and I'm going to go and do this. Uh, you know, everyone else would have just said, uh, I, I hate what's going on. I hate that I can't match paints, uh, and I guess that's just the way of the world. And you guys didn't accept that. Exactly. So our founder, Matthew Sheridan, is... Our, our big thinker. So his mom was the interior designer that had to carry around these outdated ways of color matching. And it's just, it's heavy, it's bulky, they're impractical. So he exactly that had to think, you know, there's got to be a better way. So he just took that and worked with the Innovation Factory and really was able to put together our initial prototypes for the device and, and went from there, really. I was always surprised when uh, when he used to talk to, to Matt about that, about that eureka moment when he said, this is how I'm going to do it. Uh, and I don't know how many prototypes or how many ideas were going through his head before they finally get to that point, but to actually settle on something like this. Uh, and that's the eureka moment, but as you can all attest to, that's only the beginning of the process, isn't it? After you get that eureka moment, now you have to design it, mass design it, sell it to somebody, and, and that's that's the, the maybe the biggest obstacle of all. The easy part is coming up with the idea. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's shaking their head yes, because they know it. <laughs> 
and then then you go from there and 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 and, and as simplistic and and as uh, aha moment as that was with you guys morgan uh still you're going into an industry right now that's basically saying well we don't really need that we we've got bags we got this we got that and so what if they get a little bit wet just take them out sooner and and you said no this is this is a better technology uh it's a matter of getting getting people to understand what the product is and i guess making them aware of it yeah, that's basically it. And once we know we get it into people's hands, people continue to use it. You're an active user of oh, Greenlit and, and just using it, there's no mess. You get rid of a lot of the smell and it, it just makes it super easy. So that's our biggest challenge is getting in people's hands first and then they keep using it afterwards. Both uh, situations here, uh, and, and all three of you for that matter, uh, have shown an, uh, an incredible aptitude here to simply say, okay, this is great so far. But while you're growing your business, you're also coming up with new ideas, as, as you have here with Nick's, uh, as you guys have uh, with, with the Green Lid and, of course, with Superskin, too. You, you don't seem content with simply standing pat and saying, I'm going to grow this idea. As you're doing that, you're coming up with other ideas, too. It's, it's, do you guys ever get any sleep? I mean, your brains always seem to be going at 100 miles an hour. I have so many ideas in my brain, I just don't have time and money to do it. <laughs> but the reality is, is that if your product doesn't continue to change and evolve and get better over time, you're just going to be left behind. That's just the way of the world. Everybody needs something new and fresh. And 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 especially when you look at this development right here, uh, you know, and, and the, the smaller, uh, more compact, uh, more affordable, I guess, for some people, version of the next color sensor, though, Elena, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's really, I guess, an evolution. I mean, it was probably inevitable that you guys were going to do this after the first one was developed. Yeah, so it was all about kind of listening to our customers or past customers and, and requests from the market. We saw a lot of people aren't using all of the features, um, and really they just needed a stripped-down version of an app that really got down to the nitty-gritty. Um, and that's where we use the information to kind of launch this new product. Um, and again, it's, it's really about listening to what people are asking and seeing how you can adapt to include those features. There's a common theme from all of you that I've heard from all the past winners as well, is, is listening, getting feedback. And I, I know that was key in the early stages of developing the product, but clearly it's obviously one of the keys in maintaining the product and growing the business. Yeah, for, for real. And listening to our customers, we are developing our larger size, a lot of people, families for office buildings. And so that's likely something that's coming out in 2018 and start seeing that on shelves and online as well then. So this is a constant process. There, there's no status quo. There's no standing pat here, is there? Every week we get emails at Sniper Skin, you know, can I put a grip on my bow for, for shooting arrows? Can I put it on my screwdriver? Can I put it on my paddle for kayaks? Like, the, the requests are endless. How adaptable is the technology then? Oh, it is. It's totally. Like, I, I try to work with every one of these people and, and, uh, and tailor a new product for their, them to try. Because if they develop something for me, then I know that it's not just my idea. It's, it's uh, tried by the customer and, and tested. Does success breed success in situations like this, Elena, where they look at, at your track record over the last while and say, look what these guys are doing. Uh, you know, we want to get in on this. We want to be part of this. Um, I would say, yeah, for sure. Like, it's it's all about um, kind of learning as well uh, from what you've done and growing from that. And and obviously, as they see what's going on here, you just, uh, I mean, Morgan, you've talked about two new products since you sat down here today, but the mosquito nets are now even larger sizes uh, for, the, for the green lid itself, the program like that. Uh, but 
uh, there are always going to be people that are going to say, hey, I want to be an investor, I want to be in this, I, I don't have the innovative ideas, but I have the capital to be able to help you like this. Is it, it, is the phone ringing now, is it easier to have to, to have that, that inroad into those sorts of people? Because as Lee was saying, with new ideas comes new opportunities, but that also means new investment. I mean, this stuff all costs money. Yeah, well, we've definitely been lucky. We tried to keep the momentum right up from Lion's Lair. We went on Dragon's Den shortly after yeah. that, and we've kept kind of going and trying to keep the momentum going, which has helped us um, bring in some new investors and helped us expand our business um, pretty rapidly over the last um, couple of years. Well, it's uh, it's exciting I, to, to listen to what's going on here, and I, I always get a charge out of seeing from year to year how you guys are doing with your businesses, and uh, clearly uh, things are going well for all of you continued good luck with what you've been doing uh, please stay in touch with us too I know we hear about all of you guys through the industry as well but uh, I got to tell you uh, there's a sense of satisfaction for folks like us so that uh, that see the success that all of you have enjoyed uh, you're all great people but more than that to say yeah I kind of knew these guys way back when and now look at what's happening with them now and it's uh, it's a great success story keep it going thanks Bill thanks. Thank good you. to have you guys on here you're listening to the Bill Kelly show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML we're live today from the Innovation Factory at uh, the McMaster Innovation Park, of course, on Longwood Road in Hamilton's West End. Uh, this is the morning after uh, the uh, uh, Lions Lair Gala. That was last night up at Carmen's Banquet Center. And uh, later this hour, you're going to meet the people that were the prize winners last night. And uh, it's a long list, as a matter of fact, and we'll explain why that is the case. There is a first, second, and third place winner, but there's some other prizes that uh, were awarded last night, too. But before we get to the winners, uh, well, I have a panel of winners here, too, because uh, everybody's a winner, because of the city's a winner, because of what's going on here. Uh, Dr. Nick Bodice is here, who is the MC, of course, and one of the driving forces. Good to see you again, Nick. Great to be here. Dallas Cruz from Meridian. Della, thank you for being here today. Great to have you with us. Thanks so much. And of course, David Carter, our host at the Innovation Factory. Thanks for having us over here at your place again, Dave. Thanks a lot for coming. Uh, great to have you guys here. There's a few yawns and a few cups of coffee here today. It was a long night, but a great night again last night, Nick. Fantastic night. Seventh year in a row, lucky number seven. And it was sold out, full crowd, dynamic energy all night long. We finished on time because it's live TV, which is part of my responsibility. So that make, that's what makes me nervous. Uh, and on the social media front, you know, I was begging for tweets like I always do. And we were number one for the whole first 90 minutes of the show across Canada, trending, Lions Lair 2017. And we dropped to number two in the last half of the show because Survivor was on TV. <laughs> and we just could not compete with Survivor. But I, I thought it was because the Red Sox hit yeah. three home runs. <laughs> the, that was another story. Uh, but be that as it might, but you were trending on Facebook too, which was great, great to yeah. see as we were watching this. Uh, but you touched on something there, and we talked about this the first year that uh, we started the competition. Uh, the event itself at Carmen's that night, uh, and we've talked about the advantage, of course, for the, the Lions Lair competitors and, and for the judges and everything. This is a great opportunity for local businesses to network. I mean, I, I remember the, when I did some of the MCA work with you that first year of the competition, business cards are flying back yeah. and forth. Business meetings are being made, liaisons, I have, let's do lunch next week, etc. Uh, quite aside from what's going on up on the stage, Absolutely. there's a lot going on down yeah. there, too. You know, it's quite an amazing kind of production yeah, event. Yeah. Um, but, you know, my colleague Dave here on the side, I mean, we'll give him feedback. One of the feedback things that I'd like to see is perhaps start a little bit earlier in the day. I know it's, people are at work, but, you know, people come into Carmen's probably around 5, 530. And that lobby area in front of the dining room is absolutely jam-packed. 
It's probably the highlight of the night. No, I mean, no, that's uh, why they call it a lobby. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's what they're doing. Yeah, you know, I don't want to offend the people that won one hundred eighty thousand dollars here, but yeah, that's where all the action happens. Maybe we can figure out a way to start a little bit earlier and create a little bit more of a social vibe in that room because you know when the show actually starts, because it's on TV now, there's not really a lot of room to create that socialization opportunity. So it's a good piece of advice, Bill. Well, you know the Chambers of Commerce uh, will will do that sort of thing. They'll say, you know, they have what they call business after business, and different chambers do that. And and, and to Nick's point, they usually do it around 5 or 5.30. In yeah. other words, don't go home. Uh, as soon as you finish at work, come on over here and mingle and, and interpret like this. That's the... This is the quintessential example of it, what happens here every year during the, the gala. Yeah, I, I think it's a great opportunity for people to meet. And just wandering around, I met so many different people, um, heard so many different stories. And I think there's a great opportunity, uh, like Nick says, to just kind of expand that and really have an opportunity for people to really connect with each other uh, because it's happening all night long. So what a great event. Well, let's talk a little bit about what's going on on the stage, too, because that's, let's face it, the reason everybody's there, David. Uh I, we were talking with some of our earlier panels uh, through the course of the program here today, and I, I know it sounds trite sometimes to say this was the best one ever, but it was the best competition ever. But I said that last year. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I, I, said it, I think I said it because I, I use the too. same I, I use the same preamble. I know this just sounds like a shtick, but I, I think it just shows what's happening in Hamilton, right? The companies are maturing. Um, there are people that are from here that have gotten their legs under them in their business, and there's people that have decided this is a great place to start a business. Uh, you know, we have a lot of people that lived here and commuted to the city of Toronto uh, that aren't now that are starting companies here. So the the quality of everything in Hamilton has raised, and it's you know it's the quality of the support businesses. There's better restaurants, there's better music, there's better culture. Just Hamilton is just better every day. But you know, as I talk to the finalists as we do in the program every year, the, one of the consistent themes I heard was because, uh, as you said, not everybody here is from this area. Some some went to Mac. Uh, some from Waterloo, a lot from Waterloo, as a matter of fact, but they came here to Mac for their for their business degrees, and they said they came here because of the support services. Well, that's you guys. Yeah, and it's it's a pretty grueling process too, right? There's a lot of pitch competitions. You show up that day, you do your pitch, and leave with some prize money. And you know, we take the applications back in May. We we vet those. Then they have to go through some training. And you could see a few people in early on rolling their eyes, like you know, why do I have to do this? But in the end, when they see how grueling it all is and how prepared they are, we always inevitably get thanked for the introductions that were made along the way, for the training, for the fine-tuning of their pitch. And that continues after, you know, after today, too. Well, and that's a key part of this. And you talked about this. I know you talk about this in your courses of Word DeGroote. And you and I have talked about this many years, Nick. Uh, it's that presentation. It's that mm -hmm. pitch. Uh, and I saw it this year, and I guess each year progressively, Great improvement in how they handle themselves. Yeah. Uh, you know, these are entrepreneurs. These are these are people with great vision, and some of them have great business sense. But if you can't sell it, you're not going anywhere. And they know how to sell it now. Yeah. And actually, I've had the privilege over the years to to sit as a lion, to to be an advisor as a professor, and now to be an MC. So I've seen the presentation side of it from three different angles. And I think you're right, Bill. The quality is much higher. So we're we're definitely raising the level. Having said that, I don't want any budding entrepreneurs out there to think, well, I'm not going to do it now because the competition's too tough. I think the ratio is still fantastic. Don't forget, we had about 50 applicants last April. That's a fantastic ratio for you to be on stage in front of a thousand people to have millions and millions of Bill Kelly listeners listen to you if you end up winning. So the huge media attention, I think, is still there as an opportunity. But the sophistication level, without a doubt, is much higher last night than it had ever been before. And more importantly, when I bring them on stage, they 
often don't even know what question I'm going to ask them. So it's a live studio audience. I'm asking them a question. I didn't see one single person last night flub their lines or get confused. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just had the pitch coming out like butter. It was it was awesome. <laughs> but that's a, that's that's a key thing in business, though, isn't it, Rich? I mean, it's it's all presentation. You can have a, a pretty good idea, but if you know how to present it, if you know how to sell it, you're you're on first base already. And and all of the finalists this year, I thought, showed great ability in in first of all self confidence, but second of all knew their product, and third, they knew how to sell it. They knew how to talk about it. Like you say, they never skipped a beat. Yeah, we, we were just having this conversation. I was talking to Julie, as a matter of fact, just uh, before we got in here, and we were talking about all the finalists, how all of them were just fantastic, and it was such a hard pick, and it was really gets down to your pitch. It's point in time, and David and I were talking about that as well, too, is what are the key things you're tapping in on? What is the information you're giving the lines? And at that point in time, we're making the decision. So uh, it, it is all about the pitch, but they were fantastic. To Nick's point, getting up there on stage, and what blows my mind is how young uh, many of these... Uh, <laughs> individuals are I, I was blown away just listening to these finalists and just thinking uh, it's amazing what they're accomplishing at such a young age that's what makes it so hard though I mean we know the quality of these companies at a level of detail and then I see them putting it on the line for a 15 minute pitch it's it's painful for me to watch because it's like you know watching your kids at a recital you're like oh they did it so much better in practice and I know uh, how strong they are underlying in some of those companies mm-hmm. and uh, you know, for me, anybody could have won it last night. There were some like ten strong companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just I'm tense. I'm in the <laughs> audience. <you know? laughs> well, I, I notice this when they come on the show, and they you know they they usually get about twenty minutes each. Uh, you know, we have all ten of them on over the course of a couple of of weeks on the program. And I got to tell you, there have been situations in the past where you know, some of them were a little timid and they had to kind of move a little closer to the <laughs> mic and try okay, try to explain your story. And uh, uh, this year, they took over the show. I could have gone for coffee and yeah. said, go ahead, tell me. I'll, I'll catch back. I'll be back at 1120. I actually want to thank you, Bill, because it's a lot of your support over the years and promotion mm-hmm. that they're actually looking forward to. I mean, they know when they submit their application in April that if they make it through the whole summer of training and actually make it down to that short list, they will benefit from things like meeting you and speaking in front of an audience and you know getting profiled in the spectator and all that sort of stuff. So... That's what I love about, you know, to Dave's point, that the whole ecosystem now surrounding the lion's lair. It used to be just this one dinner that we invented seven years ago. Now this is a thing. And this thing's got a lot of pieces, including, you know, credit unions who want to get involved in financing and funding and supporting startups from the beginning. So the whole value chain from beginning to end has now matured, which is uh, exciting to see. I'm having a moment. I can't remember. <laughs> but one of your past winners was the guy that did the drum stuff. Yeah, uh, well, drums last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and he came on the show, and we did a follow up actually, even after the competition. He came in because he's talking about how the grip business has grown. Uh, hooked up with a marketing agency, a guy that was coming on after him, and now these guys are doing business together. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. So, uh, but to your point, though, David, you never know where marketing and partnership opportunities are going to crop up. The more you get exposure, the better they're. Sh- and they understand are. the importance of it. There's yeah. a lot of people that come in that believe they've invented something, the journey's over, now take me across the finish line while I sell a million of these, and they learn very fast that. Uh, can you identify the problem? Does the person have a real pain? It doesn't matter that you're an engineer and you solve this difficult thing. Does the person on the buying side really believe it's keeping them up at night? Can you convey that message? And if it's not you, who are your partners, right? Partners are so key in this because if you're a solopreneur or even have a partner, uh, you know, business partner, you're still going to need other outside businesses that are partners to help you get through it. 
I, one of the mantras, I guess, one of the messages here, though, when we, we look at those Odell's, is there's really no such thing as a bad idea. It's it's what are you going to do with that idea? What are you going to do? How are you going to run with it? Yeah, I, I agree, and I think that you know it's also timing, right? Is that idea ready for this time, or is it something that is uh, you know out a year or two? Um, so I think you know just seeing the ideas come out, that it, it's just phenomenal that you know people are thinking this and actually taking it to execution. And I was going to make a comment uh, just in terms of that whole networking piece. Yesterday, uh, a friend of mine worked uh, used to work for a national retailer heard uh, the, one of the finalists Katarina uh, on stage and then went and contacted her and said I'm going to put you in touch with the head buyer of that retailer so these kind of things happen all the time with you know the pitches happening the the you know finalists up there and people in the audience coming up and saying I want to connect you well and that was a classic example I mean they're all fabulous and the winners that we're going to talk to in a few minutes are like that Nick but uh, you go to with dolled up desserts and Katarina mm-hmm. and you know when I she explained her idea and exactly what she was I thought Talk about timing. To your point, Dill. Yes. Timing. Organics was a, a fad 10 years ago. Now we demand it. Uh, yeah. We want gluten-free. We want uh, – and she's, she's right there. She's on yeah. the cutting edge. And, and it's more than just the idea, Bill. It's just the, the whole package. Yeah. I mean, I, I had the pleasure of standing beside Katarina. She is <laughs> stunning. She's Amazonian tall. <laughs> she is, you know, dressed up as a doll. She's the brand. Yeah. She yeah. is the brand. And, I, you know, I, I've been having conversations with her just saying – you know, what you're doing is so brilliant because in the end, someone is going to invest in you as a person, the, the human capital. That's what entrepreneurship is all about. So back to this other point about a national retailer, they're going to meet her and they're going to fall in love with her. And that's what's going to happen. So whether it happens to be cupcakes or not, I have a feeling she's going to be doing really well for herself no matter what it's she does. It's clear she lives for business. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this clearly. isn't a project or a hobby yeah. it's clear she's now dedicated her life to making sure that the brand and yeah. the business you know goes but, but when you look at this and it's evident in our family i mean you know we, we have vegans in the family we have uh people that have soy problems etc and and bingo i mean we 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 had her cupcakes last saturday mm-hmm. i mean we got one of the mixes from her head they were fabulous i love them. and and i'm a guy who's just a, you know give me anything i'll eat this stuff it tastes great <laughs> yeah. because th- she blows that whole myth out of the water that well if it's healthy it can't be very good it doesn't taste good yeah. it's it's a great product and that's only one example of some of the the fabulous ideas and innovative ideas that uh, that people have come up with uh including you know growing p- tomatoes in the wintertime and greenhouses yeah. and the knock was well you've got to fertilize them no you don't there's a different way to do it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. great ideas very innovative ideas and even the uh, you know talking about other ideas uh, the dna gene blueprint i mean Mm -hmm. it's so hot like talk about perfect timing Mm -hmm. to launch a project because you have other large corporations who are spending millions of dollars with television commercials on networks and basically, Palmer Canty is going to be able to piggyback off that momentum just to focus on his particular niche. You know, his particular niche is on fitness and diet, even though somebody else is worried about, you know, what's my ethnic background? Can you swab my DNA yeah. and tell me? So, you know, timing is a lot, <laughs> has a lot to do with this uh, this whole business of startups. That's another element to this that we've talked about in past years, though, Dills. Uh, there's only three big winners here, and a couple, of course, the Hamilton Award, the People's Choice Award, and things like that. But even people that don't actually get in the money here still... They, they profit from this because their businesses carry on and the exposure they got through this competition has has put them in great stead to, to grow their businesses in future years we've talked with some of those those folks from uh, from past you know Julie Ellison and 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 others that that 
you know, have just taken this opportunity and this experience and, and run with it and made their businesses better. Yeah, I, and I think that's it. Again, I think all of those finalists could have been winners, uh, and mm-hmm. I think they will all benefit. Uh, I am keeping the brochure from Lions Air because I'm going to probably be signing up for all of these services. <laughs> uh, I totally am. So from the pet service to the uh, the DNA, because I want to see if I can eat more carbs. I love carbs, so I want to see if I can eat more carbs. Not like I need an excuse, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I totally agree with you. I think that um, they are all going to benefit because they're ideas they are all solving problems all of them are solving a problem uh, that we you know that hasn't been solved beforehand and I think that that is huge I was just gonna say it's it's interesting because there's a little speech I always feel I have to give them which is this is a moment in time so you are neither declared a winner or put out of the race by this competition this is just a little moment in time to celebrate or you know reach tomorrow is just another day mm-hmm. and you got to get back and and do this and you know whatever happened last night will not, in fact, affect significantly what happens tomorrow. Of course, the prize money is really helpful for some of the winners. Uh, And it just always sounds like such a cliche, right? You are all winners. Mm. But you are. If you made it to the top ten and you were on stage, you're... You're going somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And and many of them will. Uh, just to finish this off, though, somebody who may be listening to this saying, "Boy, I got to get in on this for 2018." Uh, you have meetings, you have sessions here where people can actually mingle and 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 start exchanging some of these ideas, and 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 that's usually a pretty good start to get involved in this process. Yeah, come in and see us. Right, we are government funded, so uh, you can go to our website, sign up for a consultation, and come in, and we, we hear your idea and we find out where you're at, and essentially write a prescription. Oh, it's just an idea. Come to some of our seminars. Oh, you've actually started a business. Maybe you should meet with one of our mentors, or you know, we reach out to the network to see who can help connect us with, uh, you know, because it's a network that's huge. Or we have other pitch nights, which are certainly not as big as Lions Lair. We have our Elevate nights, and that's where a lot of them sort of get their chops in terms of standing up and testing their messaging in front of a live crowd that is a supportive crowd. And the support services. I mean, we we you know we were talking with Michael Pace, of course, from uh, from the Forge over at McMaster, mm-hmm. and and of course Joe was here from the agency. Joe Duda from Mohawk College as well. Uh, there's a great network available here that yeah. people may not be aware of, but this is the portal for it, isn't it, Nick? It is the portal, uh, and I say this when I when you interview me, Bill. I say this every year. I wish more Hamiltonians knew about what we've actually created here with the Lions Lair. This is, I have to say, it, it's a national phenomenon. Okay, we were lucky seven years ago because the Dragons then became hot back then, and we kind of piggybacked off that momentum. But I think we've actually surpassed that. There are people in my network that know about the Lions Lair in cities in the U.S. and in Canada. We should be very, very proud of what we created here because I'm telling you, other municipalities only wish they had what we've been able to build here. It's an incredible success story, and it will continue and continue because of your hard work, all three of you. Thanks so much for everything you did for this year's competition. Thanks for popping in today. Good to see you. Thank you. You're listening to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML. We're live today from the Innovation Factory inside the McMaster Innovation Park on Longwood Road, of course. This is where we land every morning uh, after uh, the Lions Lair uh, finalists are announced, of course, at a gala at Carmen's Banquet Center. That was last night. You just heard from uh, Nick Bonas, of course, who was the MC, and uh, Dills DeCruz and uh, Dave Carter from the Innovation Factory and uh, from Meridian, who've uh, been so deeply involved in this. Now we want you to meet some of the folks that uh, were declared winners. And, and I know it sounds like a cliche, as Dave Carter mentioned, but everybody was a winner last night uh, because all of these businesses are going to do very well and have already got a pretty good lead up on this. But uh, we want to accent uh, some of the folks that were uh, given awards last night. And to start it off, uh, it's it's amazing. 
to see the success that has been enjoyed by our, our, our next two guests. Uh, the People's Choice Award uh, is an award that uh, goes to Bridesmaid, and uh, Mallory McEwen is here from Bridesmaid. Congratulations. Good to see you again. Thank you so much. And uh, also joining us today is the award winner for the Hamilton Award, and uh, Katharina Paletto has uh, won that, of course, and uh, that is for uh, Dolled Up Desserts. Uh, good to see you again. Nice to see you too, Val. Uh, I, I know I told both of you I probably see you here, because I, re- I really believe that. I mean, but everybody could have won this. This this was pretty intense last night. How did you? What, what, tell me about your 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 experience last night, uh, going through the competition and, and the gala. Yeah, for sure. So last night it was finally nice to have it all come together. We'd been working on this for a while now. We pitched about a month ago, and kind of anxiously waited results. And uh, last night was the People's Choice Award. Uh, for us, so that really just happened all in one night. Uh, that's $1,500 in cash, courtesy of Meridian Credit Union, uh, which will go well uh, with what you guys are doing with Bridesmaid right now in the business, and a pretty good investment. Yeah, for sure. It can enable us to go to one trade show where we usually pick up about a thousand leads, so that's perfect. I, I had to tell you the feedback after you did the segment with us on the show a week or so ago. And uh, people listen to it, and I always get feedback when I get off the air and go back into the studio. And uh, and one of them was, uh, great idea. What a fabulous idea. Guys have been getting off the hook running tuxedos <laughs> for a year. Why don't they have something for women? So so there's a mindset out there for, for what you guys do. Yeah, now we offer it. <laughs> it's right there. Bridesmaid, of course. And uh, you know, obviously, uh, instead of buying those dresses, and everybody's talking about that again this morning, uh, that, that obviously there's a, a rental situation here. And, and the business is going well for you already. Yeah, it's been a really, really strong year. We've done about 60 weddings, and this was our first year in market, and we're already on pace. We've got kind of with last year's conversion rates and the number of leads and qualified prospects in the funnel, we should do at least a couple thousand next year. Incredible. Just fabulous. And uh, and you're not limited by geography here, are you? You were telling me you did one way up in the Northwest already this year? Yeah, last month we did one in Northwest Territories, and we've done weddings all across Canada now. So there's nothing really stopping us, thanks to FedEx. <laughs> but no matter what, it's going to get there the next day. Uh, <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about the Hamilton Award winner too, and and uh, Katarina uh, with dolled up desserts. Uh, your thoughts about what happened last night and your experience going through this whole thing? Well, last night, as Mallory was just saying, it was just everything came together, and it was overwhelming. Adrenaline was rushing for my entire team that was there. We were just so excited to be there. Really enjoyed being at Carmen's altogether. Um, and it was a, honestly a great and fantastic surprise to be able to take the Hamilton Award. For us, we live and breathe Hamilton. We love the city. And to be able to say that we represented Hamilton out of all the teams that were part of Lions Lair, just, yeah, it meant so much to us. We're really honored. You know what I noticed as I was talking to all 10 of you over the last couple of weeks when you came on the, in the studio on the show? You don't look at each other as competitors. <laughs> really, you guys just look like you're all on the same journey, taking different ways to get there, but it's all the same thing. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd, like We're all in this together. We're all entrepreneurs in the startup phase, trying to get our names out there. And we're all doing different things, and I think that's what really you know, helps us set up each other apart rather than competitors is like, you know, we're all you know, founders, we're all CEOs, we're all executives trying to just, you know, make the world a better place with what we offer. 
and and that that was clearly evident uh, that you know there's there's voices of encouragement i was talking to some of the other folks after you guys did your segments on the show and it was yeah aren't they great they're fabulous because like, <laughs> you see each other i mean you're, you're all going through the same experience you know the pitch process the evaluation process uh so there's, there's a camaraderie that develops and i i assume a friendship from a lot of this stuff too that's going to carry on mm-hmm. yeah definitely a friendship and a network and we really need that with what we're doing because a lot of us are first-time founders so we can learn from each other so it's really great to have events like this that set us up not just as competitors but as a network for each other talk to us a little bit about since we're sitting here at the innovation factory about those support services and i'll start with you mallory about about getting set up like this and and the contacts that folks like uh, like dave carter and others at the innovation factory can offer you like that in the way of support services yeah for sure so innovation factory itself offers a lot of different events and mentors that we can go to for for sales for example and hamilton is we're from waterloo but hamilton's more of a manufacturing city than waterloo is so we're able to draw from that here even though you know we're coming an hour down the road that's something we don't have as much at home so yeah, it really brings together a lot of events, a lot of peers, and a lot of mentors that have been there and done that. But you went to university in Waterloo, and uh, it's interesting how small the world is, uh, that there's an awful lot of partnerships and, and, and uh, cross-referencing going on between McMaster and Waterloo right now, too, because they see the, the, the benefit, obviously, of, of working collaboratively in situations like that. So we're, we're getting closer and closer together, aren't we, as this innovation uh, mentality, I guess, and entrepreneurship starts to, to, to grow around here. People are looking for, for those, those partnerships and the, the teaming up that, that seems to be happening everywhere at centers of excellence. Yeah, definitely. It kind of goes back to, I guess, the saying, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So working together, whether it's cities or um, centers of excellence or even just companies that do different things, we can all do better that way. Talk to us a little bit about what's going to be happening now with, uh, with Dolled Up Desserts, Katerina, after the competition. Where do you go from here? Oh, wow. Um, basically... We've been just increasing our contacts and sales to be able to launch our food service size baking mixes. So we're currently talking to a variety. I can't disclose everything of different um, restaurants oh, throughout Southern Ontario. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep your secret. Oh, I don't know yet. It's not 100%. I don't want to say anything too it. soon. But you'll be seeing a lot more of us very, very Actually, soon. Actually, I'll be hearing about it because part of your prize in the Hamilton Award is radio advertising with the Chorus Radio Cluster oh, here yeah. in Hamilton. Uh, and that's CHML and our uh, sister stations, of course, Fresh 95.3 and Y108. We already have a big plan for what we'd like there to do with you guys, for sure. So that's going to be happening as well. Uh, it's it's interesting, though, because there was a common thread through an awful lot of the the, uh, the nominees and the 10 finalists this year, that when, Valerie, when you look at this. And to each and every one of you, and certainly with the, with dolled up desserts, but with Bridesmaid as well, uh, based on that comment, for instance, I got from the one listener that said, why don't women have something, a service like <laughs> this? There's a market here that, that is yours for the taking right now, and, and the, the possibilities of expansion right across the country, well, it's already started to happen for you right now, but you got to be pretty excited about the future here. Yeah, absolutely. We're super excited, and we've really kind of hit a gold mine with the problem that we've chosen to fi- to solve with our business. So since it's a real problem that people truly complain about, uh, there's there's a business there, and there's a market. Incredible stuff. And and, and to your point, of course, Katarina, uh, as you talked about when you were in with us here in studio, uh, what you are, are producing and what you're putting out there as a product right now is is that something that the public is demanding. I mean, 10 years ago, it was, oh, I can go to a specialty store, I guess, and, and maybe they'll have something like that. But we're demanding organics. We're demanding gluten-free. We're demanding healthier foods right now. And, and, and people are being pretty prescriptive as to what they want. And uh, 
that that's right up your alley. Absolutely. The, as we were talking about on the show last week, it's just the market's exploding. And it's really exciting to be a part of shaping that whole entire trajectory of bringing specialty, fantastic, healthier products that are simple to make or, you know, easy to grab and go that are actually tasting delicious while prescribing to all those dietary differences. Well, and it's it's become mainstream, and and so will bridesmaid become mainstream too. Instead of guys having to go in the mall to go and get tuxedos and and ride it like this, I mean, the, the, the business right now you've already tailored right now to to that market, which is looking for essentially online servicing and things of that nature too. And uh, you know, you don't need to physically go into a mall to find your business right now. You just have to go online. Uh, it's there for you the next day. You've got everything organized. I mean, the the efficiency uh, and and the vision you've shown like this is is probably what's put you on such good footing already yeah i think so and it's very much kind of like katarina said about her market with us that's where the market is going millennials are getting married now millennials shop online more and they share things more with things like Zipcar and bike shares uh airbnb so the market is opening up and growing there plus the same amount of people are getting married every year so all right well so people are going to say hey i got to get me some of that stuff i want that <laughs> product where can they online where, where can they reach you yeah, so we're at bridesmaidmade.ca and on social as well. Of course, on <laughs> social media. And for Dolled Up Desserts? Um, Dolled Up Desserts, you can find us at dolledupdesserts.com or you can find us on social media at Dolled Up Desserts Baking. Excellent stuff. I know we're going to hear a lot more about both these businesses in the future. And come back. I mean, we've, we always <laughs> do a segment on the program here every year of past winners, and, and we want to check in and see how the business has grown over those last number of years. And uh, I look forward to talking to both of you in the future. Congratulations, first of all, on, on the success so far, and uh, continue good luck to both of you. Great to see you again. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Bill. You're listening to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML. The big three, the uh, three grand prize winners uh, from last night's Lions Lair competition. The Bill Kelly Show continues here on 900 CHML from the Innovation Factory in the west end of the city here on Longwood Road. Uh, and uh, I, I was saying to Mallory and to Katarina, you know, as, as we did the segments on our program over the last couple of weeks, uh, I was saying to our producer, I don't, I don't, I can't pick winners here. I mean, everybody here is just sensational, and uh, there's, there's no arguing that the three that won grand prize money here are just incredible. But so were all the other ones as well, uh, with bridesmaid and dolled up desserts and so many others. But let's talk about the three winners. Uh, the third place winner from Lamago, Melissa Houghton. Uh, congratulations, great to have you here today. Thanks so much, Bill. So good to have you guys here. Uh, second place on Eric, uh, Emily is uh, Emily Harris is here. Great to have you here. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Bill. And, and the first prize winner, Avia Labs. Uh, Sorosha is with us here, the grand prize winner. Uh, wow, what a thrill it must have been for you last night. It was fantastic. You know, it was a great experience and absolutely unreal. Talk to us about those those moments as, as they started to announce the winners. And, um, and we'll start with you, Melissa, about, about exactly what happened going through this. As, as we were talking about with Katarine Mallory a couple of minutes ago, you're all up on stage there. Uh, you know, and it's okay, it's, it's crunch time. Uh, Nick Bonas has got the envelopes in his hand at this stage right now. Uh, what's going through your mind is before they start making the announcements? Uh, honestly, it was Netflix and popcorn. I was trying, <laughs> <laughs> trying to keep myself chill. I was like, okay, I, if, if it goes wrong, I can go home and I can have some Netflix and I can eat some popcorn. Um, however, um, when they started to announce the third place, um, it was spectacular because they were not subtle at all about who uh, my company was. And, you know, it was a single founder who does expandable agriculture. And I'm like, oh, wait, that's me. So <laughs> it's another 30 seconds before they officially announced it. But it was amazing. 
so what's flashing through your mind? All those hard evenings thinking of this whole process, all the the, the pitch, uh, the, the process, and the, the practice and stuff like that is. Oh, or is it yeah. just nerves? Uh, a lot of nerves um, and, and thinking about the, the number of times that my dog had to sit through and listen to me pitch. Uh, <laughs> you know, she sat very, very patiently and listened to me go over my speech over and over and over again. And, and my fiance, who was like, okay, you've practiced enough. Call it a day. Move forward. But what what when you when these things come up here emily when when the announcements are made and and you find that you're in the money in a situation like this and the second prize winner uh this is pretty significant i mean fifty thousand fifty nine thousand dollars fifteen thousand dollars cash from kojiko kpmg and mohawk college mcmaster i mean everybody's pointing in here ten thousand dollars in in-kind marketing design and strategy ten thousand dollars in business leadership packaging and on and on it goes uh, you get five thousand dollars of radio advertising with our chorus group here in hamilton as well uh, that probably didn't sink in at all right now. You were just probably thinking, wow, is, it's over. Uh, you're not thinking, okay, I'm going to invest this, I'm going to put over this, and, and on and on it goes. Yeah, I I was honestly shocked when we found out. Um, and we weren't thinking, oh, where are we going to put the money? It's still try- We're still trying to you know, let it sink in. <laughs> That'll that'll come later, right? Yeah. You do your business later. The fact that you're there and and there's there's all of a sudden there's going to be this support services right now. Did uh, did you get to sleep last night? I mean, when you put your head on the pillow, was your mind still going a mile a minute? It was, but it was a you know a long night, so we I crashed pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> and when when we look at what's happening with the uh, Avia Labs and and the, the the process that's going on and the work that you guys put into this right now. Uh, Talk to us about your your thoughts as as you're announced as the grand prize winner. Because uh, you know when when Melissa and Emily are up there and they figured, okay, fine, this is great, but you don't know what's going on next. I mean, there's still a whole bunch of other people up on the stage there. Yeah, for sure. There were like seven other amazing teams on the stage with us who had not yet won a prize, and honestly, the heart was beating pretty fast. Like we weren't sure who was gonna win. You know, I felt like. A lot of companies, both supported by Innovation Factory, The Forge, as well as some guys came down from Toronto and Waterloo that were really strong competition. And it was just an unreal experience, as I said earlier. It, it Your heart's beating. You know, you don't know whether you won or not. And then the moment they said pop-up, I know I, I kind of knew that it was us. And it was just it was just amazing. So what's, what's going on? Was it relief? Was it elation? Uh, I would say it was elation more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was shaking before it. I was just like, oh, my God. Like Some people afterwards came up to us and told us we looked super calm on stage, and I'm like, no, man, I was <laughs> I was super scared. <laughs> Where do you guys go from here? I mean, you know, this is a fabulous night, and, and you were also deserving as, as winners in this competition right now. But, but you guys are already doing very well in your businesses. Things are starting to go well. Does, does this open doors for you now that, uh, that maybe weren't there before the competition? Honestly, the in-kind prizes that we won are just going to put the fuel on the fire for us. We got Jan Kelly. We got VA Partners. We got some coaching from Epiphany. We got um, some market research from Adventist. Like, the list goes on and on. And honestly, for us, we needed mentorship. We're launching a massive SaaS product that hopefully will start taking over the world and the more help we can get the better it is for us well it's the old idea i guess isn't uh, when you think about it emily getting the word out there i mean you're 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 moving into a very competitive field 
uh, with a lot of product out there right now. Uh, yours is great and it's innovative right now, but boy, you've got to get you got to get eyes on it, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And we're already right now planning for 2018, and the cash is going to be huge for us to help fund larger orders of inventory to help us with our scale goals. But with that, with more inventory, uh, means we need more marketing. So the in-kind support uh, will be huge for us as well. Um, the marketing design strategy package, the web design, which is amazing for us because we do a lot of direct sales as well um and then also the radio advertising yeah but you guys are you're, you're already there uh, you know when it comes to where your market is and 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 how to reach that market i mean you're using everything available right now social media online presence etc that's all part of the package so I, I would think from that standpoint melissa this really just enhances what you guys have already started oh for us it's absolutely spectacular we've, we've got our path and whether we walked away with prizes or not last night we we're going to continue on our path but these that we, we've got uh, a ton of legal and accounting services in our in-kind services and it'll allow us to dot all our I's and cross all our T's. We have IP that we need filed. We have, you know, trademarks that need to be done to protect and lock down our, our product. Um, and none of this was what we could afford. And it just kept ending up, oh, we'll do it at a later time. We'll do it at a later time. And, and you start sending out contracts to customers that you just copied off the internet, hoping that it's going <laughs> to stand in court if something goes wrong. So all of these services are allowing us to more formalize our business uh, take it out of the startup phase and more into a real business, uh, a more professional business. You guys are all driven uh, because of your belief in your product, Adnan. Do you take a day off here? Are you going to relax and enjoy this, or are you, you heading back to work this afternoon? Honestly, I've already been back to work there this you morning. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. Oh, yeah. A lot of emails to respond to, and honestly, it's just super exciting, right? Like, uh, we're going to ride the curtails of, like, what's happened last night. Hopefully, we get a lot of sign-ups. You know, we help out a lot of the other companies who are participating at Lions Lair, we want to help them with their websites and really just passionate about just helping other businesses grow. Listen, congratulations to all of you and uh, continued good luck. Congratulations on, on, on what you've done so far, but uh, continue good luck with what you guys are doing going forward. Uh, I know the sky's the limit for all of you and it's, uh, it was a pleasure to meet you, to have you on the show and to do this follow-up with you. Uh, keep going out there and doing what you're doing, okay? Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Great Bill. to have you with us. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.